0: support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com.
1: Hi there, I'm Randa Adifataf from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Madi Bolaños in San Francisco and here are some of the California stories we're following. A bipartisan bill announced this week in Sacramento is aimed at California's homelessness crisis. The proposal is modeled after San Diego's unsafe camping ordinance. It would ban encampments within 500 feet of schools and transit stops and also ban camping on streets if shelter space is available. It comes as the U.S. Supreme Court is set to take up a case on encampment and whether local governments can penalize those who sleep on streets. A Popeye's chicken franchisee is paying more than $200,000 for child labor and other violations at restaurants in East Oakland, Newark, and Tracy. KQED's labor correspondent Varida Chavala-Romero reports.
0: The U.S. Department of Labor fined the franchisee 14th Street Chicken for hiring kids as young as 13, which is illegal, and for having minors work hours not permitted by law. Yomara Romero was 17 years old when she filed a complaint about those problems last year.
1: I feel like it was worth it because from what I've heard, there's like a lot more people speaking up now. And I feel like that's good because you shouldn't keep quiet about, you know, that shouldn't be going on at work.
0: Romero says she didn't get any money out of it, but the department did recover nearly $80,000 in back wages and damages for 15 other employees who weren't paid overtime. For The California Report, I'm
1: Farida Javala-Romero. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book.
2: Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED podcast too, at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.
1: Our next story began decades ago in a Palm Springs neighborhood known as Section 14. The homes there, the city decided, were eyesores, and officials wanted to promote tourism. So they forced out the mostly Black and brown families who lived there. Crews tore down everyone's homes and then burned them, sometimes with people's personal possessions still inside. That was in the late 1950s. More than 60 years later, in 2021, the city publicly apologized for its role and promised to hire a reparations consultant to come up with a plan to make these families whole again. Now, in 2024, the Palm Springs Section 14 survivors are still waiting. One of those people is Pearl Devers. She's joined by civil rights attorney Ariva Martin, who is representing them. Thank you both for joining us. Pearl, you were 12 years old when you were first displaced. Can you tell me the events that led up to this moment?
2: Well, as a child, we lived a very happy, uh, carefree life, growing up in a vibrant community, having the opportunity to play with the neighborhood children and for, for my family, and, and we didn't have a care in the world. We were very happy. And then all of a sudden, things changed. Uh, we started smelling smoke and seeing uh, houses being burned down and demolished. Uh, eventually, it happened to us to where we had to move. Our lives were pretty much uprooted. My father stayed behind, uh, did not want to leave the home that he, as a carpenter, had built. This whole ordeal just really devastated our family. My father became an alcoholic, and he could not endure the atrocity. My family was split, and basically our lives were just turned upside
1: down. And how have these moments in your childhood, how have they affected your life to this day?
2: I didn't know really what had happened until I was an adult. And when I look around, I understand now why my parents couldn't afford to send me to college. I better understand now the uh, issues that my uh, brothers have. I can better see the psychological trauma and devastation that it caused our family, not to mention the economic harm where we were not able to recoup any of the assets from the home that my father built there in section 14.
1: Ariva, can you fill us in on the reparations consultant? What's causing this nearly a year long delay? The city attorney as well as the city staff uh, decided
0: that this group out of New York that they had the most impressive proposal Uh, That proposal, along with recommendations from the staff, were presented to the council in a meeting in April of last year. And by a three to two vote, the council decided not to select that group uh, to come in and to try to help negotiate resolution with the survivors and descendants. From our perspective, the time for bringing in that kind of consultant has passed. And we believe that the city has the capacity and the capability within its own team to come to the table and negotiate with the families in good faith. And on the subject of reparations, what are survivors and descendants asking for? That these families be compensated for the very specific documented losses of their property, of their personal belongings, and for the racial trauma that they experienced from having their community burned out and bulldozed by the city. And we've also talked to the city about some other things that we think can be beneficial to it, like creating a racial and cultural healing center. And how has the city responded? Until very recently, the city walked away, in our opinion, from the negotiation table. And very recently, the city has uh, indicated to us that they are willing to come back to the negotiating table. So we are
1: cautiously optimistic. And Pearl, are you and the group of survivors any more optimistic now that the state has directly addressed reparations through a task force and awarded property in Manhattan Beach back to the Bruce family?
2: Well, we're always hopeful. Any anything leading to that indication is 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 hopeful.
1: Well, thank you both so much for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you. Great. That was Pearl Devers, a Palm Springs Section 14 survivor and civil rights attorney Ariva Martin. In a statement, the city of Palm Springs said the city council is committed to developing achievable, lasting programmatic efforts and initiatives that will make an impact on the lives of those who lived and lost their lives in Section 14 during the 1950s and 60s. And that is the California Report for Thursday, February 8th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Madi Bolaños. Thanks for listening and have a great day.
2: Support for the California Report comes from Monterey Bay Aquarium, inspiring conservation of the ocean through amazing live exhibits and global action to protect the ocean from plastic pollution, climate change, and overfishing. Stanford Medicine, comprising its School of Medicine and adult and children's health systems, working together to advance knowledge and improve lives, stanfordmedicine.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy works to create a cleaner, healthier, more secure world for all, on the web at theschmidt.org.